Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Brooks is a yoga teacher, postpartum corrective exercise specialist, wife, a mom, and the founder of BRB Yoga and the Heal Your Core with Yoga program. With the mind of a researcher and the heart of a yogi, Catherine geeks out on the science behind corrective exercises and helping moms like you to restore your core strength so that you can say yes to life again. Catherine is currently taking yoga on the road while she's traveling the United States in an RV with her husband, Paul, and their two young children. Guys, I'm so excited to introduce you today to Catherine. I'm excited to share this conversation with you where her and I really just talk about life, business, how she started her business, the ups and downs, the things she's learned, and the things you can apply to your business. And all of that good stuff. And I want you to make sure that you connect with her today at brbyoga.com or on Facebook and Instagram. She is brbyoga. And those links will be in the show notes on the website. So definitely check those out. But let's get to the conversation. Hey, Catherine, I'm so excited to chat with you today. How are you? I'm so good, Katie. Thank you for having me. Well, I would love to hear more about you and what you've got going on. I mean, you are in your car right now, RV. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Tell us more about this RV situation happening. (laughs) Yes, I am in my car. We actually, we have a fifth wheel. So that's what you tow behind your truck. It's a larger, larger RV. Yeah. So my family, I have my husband and my two kids who are five and three. We basically, it's almost been a year that we've been doing this. We left last June. We decided Um, We had been building up an online business for probably about four years at the time. And it was getting to the point where it was like, all right, I think we can do this. So we were living in Nashville at the time. We didn't want to stay in Nashville. We didn't know where we wanted to move to. And we wanted to really live a life of freedom. That was like the whole reason we were building this business. So then we decided, well, what's freedom look like? And for us, it was like, well, let's go explore and let's find a place that feels like home to us eventually. And we can settle down there. So, so we sold our house sold most everything that we owned and left in June and we have been traveling through the country we did the northeast in the summer and now we're really starting to head into the west which is amazing absolutely amazing really what about the west are you loving uh there's so much first of all it's just beautiful I've really never been to the west and my husband keeps making fun of me because like we'll be driving and I'll be like it's just so beautiful and he's been to the west a lot so he's like yeah it's amazing it's just really grand and like the mountains are grand and so it's beautiful and also just the um the vibe I really like people are a little bit I'm from the northeast so very like where's where's home actually for you (laughs) Yeah, I'm from um, Connecticut and York. So people are very like, time, you got to do stuff, you know, make the most of time. And at the, in the West, it feels much more, there's a little, it feels anyway, like there's more balance because I think also because it's so beautiful, people really take advantage of that beauty and are outside and enjoying the outdoors and nature a lot more. So it just feels a little slower and more balanced. This is me. so intriguing to me because I've, I've literally said to my husband, we should get an RV and go. And he's, he's totally against it. But you know, it's almost like when What's I bring his... up adoption, he's like, no. 
<laughs> what is his hang up? Because there are definitely, that's the thing. I want to always be like, there are amazing things to it, but it's also very challenging. There are I many think, challenges. About I think it. our two like fiery girls, having them in close quarters, I think that freaks them out. And, you uh, throw and me I into think the that's, mix and I'm, I'm fiery too. So third, third fiery girl. I think that's a valid concern though. I mean, that is one of the challenges is right. We, no child care, no child care ever. So we never get a date night. We are with our kids all day, every day. We're homeschooling our five-year-old. Oh uh, it's a lot of together time. So it is something that we've had to work really hard and be really intentional about the way we structure our days so that we each get enough time to ourselves and to work and all of that stuff. So it's been a really, it's been quite a learning process, uh, but we're, we're finally getting to the point where we're, we're kind of getting it nailed down, I think. So one more logistical question about this RV life. <laughs> I'm yeah. Curious. How are you, um, like, how do you decide when to go to the next place? You have a strategy right. to it? So that's a really good question. So in general, we said, you know, some people do this and they say, we're going to go for a year. We didn't want to do that because everyone we heard that did that, when they go for a year, they try to go really fast and see everything in a year. And there's so much to see. So we said, we're going to go slower. And we're really glad that we did that because for us, we need to have seven to 10 days in a place to have enough time to work and have enough time to explore. So we, we tend to say seven to 10 days. And then how you decide is way more challenging than we thought it was going to be because like there's just unlimited possibilities. So we kind of look based on, you know, what's a good time of year to be in these places and what's nearby. And we, you know, we'll kind of look at the map and see where are the national parks and chart the, the path out that way. But, um, it's a little, that is a little stressful as well because, there's too much possibility. It's like if we had a little bit more of a narrow focus, it would be better. But I think the the best way to do it is like what time of year is best to be there and then go there. And we have parts of the country that we really want to spend time in. Like this summer, we want to be in Idaho and Washington and Oregon. And so that helps and we, that guides us. But uh, yeah, it's very open-ended. So if you could do it again, I know I said last question, but you know, no, uh, keep going. if you could do it again, would you wait until your kids were older or do you like the age they're at right now? Oh, that's a good question. So because mine are about five and three ish. They're two yeah. and four and a half. Okay. So, okay. Full honesty with this, my three-year-old is very challenging right now. It's a three-year-old boy and he more than my daughter is very fiery and like has lots of tantrums and very three much a challenging three-year-old. Holy crap. <laughs> I think I blocked it out because my other three-year-old, I, I had a baby, right? Like, so did you. I like blocked out her three-year-old. And I think I remember vaguely being like to my cute little baby at the time, please don't turn into her. And then he turned into her like way worse. But it's so, so silly. Like they, they, they talk about <laughs> terrible twos, but three is like, oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> oh, it's so much harder. So, um, the challenge for us with him was that he was two when we moved in and he was napping like in his crib. And then we moved into this RV and we have bunk beds and now he lives in a bottom bunk with no bars. And so right away he stopped napping. Mm-hmm. which was like, no, please Where'd your no. work time go? Well, and just not just work time, but like his mood, right? By the end of the day, it's just a disaster. So, so that was challenging. I think though, there's a lot of benefits to them being this young in that 
we have a lot of freedom. They didn't have like all of their activities that we felt like we were pulling them away from and, and all of that. Um, so that is good. And also my daughter, who's very social, she's five. I can see, you know, she makes friends everywhere we go now, but then we have to leave them and she's okay with that. But as she gets older, she's, you know, when she's six and seven, I want her to have her friends that is, are stable for her. So I'm happy that we're not going to be doing it when she's a little bit older. That being said though, like going on a long hike, you know, we try and go on like five mile hikes with a three-year-old and a five-year-old. It can be sometimes a bit rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But they're actually, we have trained them well. Now, I think the other thing though is that your kids will adapt to your lifestyle pretty well at this age. And so we started with shorter hikes and we've built them up. And, and now my three-year-old can almost hang through a whole, you know, four mile hike. He's not always happy about it, but they, I'm always impressed at what they can do that I probably wouldn't have ever given them credit for had we not tried doing this. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, I would love to hear about how you're structuring your day in an RV homeschooling with children who don't really nap. How are you and your husband both working your online businesses? Right. So we have tried a lot of different iterations of this and we have found what works for us is splitting the day up into chunks in general. So um, most days we usually have four blocks of time and it will be, one of us will work kind of the early morning shift from seven to nine 30 and then we switch uh, and then we have a lunch all together and then we each get another chunk of time in the afternoon and we'll rotate. So whoever has the kids during that 9.30 to 12 shift, they do the homeschooling. Um, whoever gets the kids in the early shift, they're doing like breakfast and getting stuff ready. So that works pretty well in terms of getting stuff done. I personally find which whatever morning shift I have, that's where I kind of create content and do that productive stuff. And then my afternoon shift will be responding to emails, going to my Facebook group, all that stuff. I really like that balance because I find that I'm able to um, just produce more when it's chunked out like that. Uh, I tend to lose my efficiency once I've been working for about three hours, I find. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of... That is good, but it's also very like on the clock. You're kind of always wondering what time it is, whether you're with the kids or whether you're working. So we also have started adopting full days where who sometimes we'll even rent a car because we have just the one truck. Um, so one of us will be free for the day and you will be able to, you know, go work, go hike, enjoy this whatever area we're in independently, which is pretty mm -hmm. nice. While the other one is solely in charge of the kids, which is also pretty nice. It's nice. I find that it's easier to be the one in charge than kind of splitting the kids up. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a really nice way to give ourselves this mental space to be more creative, we find. Because when you only get two and a half hours at a time or three hours at a time to work, you can get stuff done, but you don't get that like uninterrupted time in your head. And those full days really allow us that time to just kind of be with ourselves and go, you know, going on a hike, especially doing some work, going on a hike and then coming back to it. I find that my creative juices are usually really 
really flowing on those days. So those are good days for like brainstorming and, and those types of activities. Is your husband's business a creative type business as well? Yeah. So he's in the beginning stages. He's a, he's a neuroscientist. So he has a PhD and he's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he's really right now, basically his business is um, he wants to bring together the fields of neuroscience and artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and like do something related to that, which I can barely even talk about. But (laughs) so it's very much like you've got to be in a a mental flow state. So yeah, he needs time. And he's Mm -hmm. very much an introvert as well. So he just needs more time than any of us by himself. Yeah. I love, I love how y'all are just really partnering together on this in parenting and in business. <sighs> yeah, I no, I do too. I feel very fortunate. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, there's no reason that we shouldn't be, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. but it's so often that that's not the case, um, just with gender roles. And it's funny because yesterday I, I heard myself make the comment to him like, Oh, I'm being such a bad wife. I'm cause I never, I am, there's so much going on that it's really hard for me to think of like what to make for dinner. And I was like, Oh, I'm being such a bad wife. And then I was like, you know what? No. (laughs) Why is that my job? Why do I even think that that's my job? But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, the fact that he is stepping up and and really taking on half of the child work and the business work is awesome. Yeah. And I, I love to think of what your kids are going to look back on this time as, you know, they've had mom and dad both together, pretty darn present every day doing really cool stuff. (laughs) Really cool stuff. Yeah. No, I know. I think so too. I, I hope that it's, it's funny because you know, you, we talk about all the stuff that we've done and then people will ask them like, what's been your favorite thing to do? And they'll like bring up a playground somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they just have no reference of how cool the stuff they're doing is, but we know like looking back that it will be a pretty cool, hopefully will be a pretty cool thing. Or they'll be like, Oh my gosh, that time when we had to spend so much time with our parents. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my husband was about your oldest is age when he was in Europe and his family went over to Europe for like five or six years and he still talks about it and it's like a running joke in my family we'll go oh yeah when you lived in Belgium wah, wah. good for you <laughs> it's like you went to the the uh, Eiffel Tower for a school field trip good for you <laughs> oh that's hilarious but yeah he, he loved it it was great <laughs> well yeah but it made such an impression that he's still talking right. about it to this day yeah I do hope that that's the case we just yesterday for Mother's Day we were out on this boat in Lake Powell which is like it's a lake created by a dam in this canyon, like yeah. Glen Canyon. And that we were out there and we were like, this is amazing. And our kids are just, you know, they think it's amazing because we're on a boat. But I'm like, no, you don't get it. This is so amazing. Yeah. Well, I didn't even ask. Where are you? Arizona somewhere? Is that what you Yes. Said? Arizona. Yeah. Right near Utah. We're like on the border. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, take me into like the beginning stages of your business, how you got started as a mom. <laughs> As a mom or a business owner? Well, were you mom at the time when you started? Um, yeah, actually, they, they kind of corresponded. So I the business really came about after um, my daughter was born. So that was, she's almost, she'll be six in October. So about well, five Well, I guess I didn't even really ago. ask you what your business is. Maybe you should go into that a little right. more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we've been talking so much. Um, yeah. So my business is BRB Yoga, and it is designed to help moms restore their core and pelvic floor health with yoga. And it really did come about, I mean, obviously, from me becoming a mom as well. It's very personal. So I had been a yoga instructor in addition to other 
jobs for almost 10 years at the point when I had my daughter. And I had a great pregnancy, really easy, natural, not easy, but natural childbirth, you know, everything was very textbook. And I had been active throughout my pregnancy. I thought that I would kind of bounce back, you know, quote unquote, bounce back pretty easily afterward. And I found personally that I was struggling with a lot of postpartum issues, just my core. I could not get my core strength back. I had prolapse feelings, pelvic floor prolapse feelings for a really long time. Like things that I thought should be getting better over time seemed to be getting worse. And what I realized was that my yoga practice was actually when, after I would practice yoga was when I would feel my worst. I would feel all those symptoms the most after I practiced yoga. And what do those symptoms look like for those of us that don't know? Yeah. So with, yeah, no. So, um, with pelvic organ prolapse, it's this feeling of heaviness in your vagina, basically, because what it literally is, is that the muscles are, are not strong enough to hold the organs in where they're supposed to be. So they start descending, which you don't want happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the other issue that I was struggling with was diastasis recti, which is separation of the abdominal muscles. And for the symptoms of those are kind of nebulous because it is mainly just a core weakness, right? The muscles have separated, the connective tissue that connects them gets really thin, and then it doesn't come back together the way it should for, for many people. And because of that weakness, you have things like back pain. So my back was, was really hurting me a lot after she was born. Also, I just couldn't sit up straight. I I went back to work at about four months postpartum. And I remember my boss who was very, um, (laughs) said what she thought (laughs) she, I, one, one meeting, she said, like, you look like Raggedy Ann because I, I just couldn't hold myself up and I was just slumping in the chair. And I, it was like, well, I don't want to be sitting like this, but I literally can't hold myself up for more than a couple of minutes, not even minutes, but like a couple of seconds. So it was this general weakness, the back pain. Um, some people have hip pain that comes as a result of it too, because the abdominals help stabilize the pelvis as well. Is it more prevalent in C-section moms versus natural? It's not. So, so for many women, um, okay. So this is a good thing. That's a really good question because I get a lot of people who say like, I'm, you know, seven months pregnant and I have this abdominal separation. Ah, what do I do? It's totally normal when you're pregnant. Everyone, like a hundred percent of pregnant women have some abdominal separation to have to make room for the baby. The problem becomes when it doesn't come back together after childbirth. So for some women, the exertion of a vaginal delivery it is a big event. There's a lot of pressure system stuff happening in there. And so that can kind of blow the muscles apart more. Mm-hmm. But for many, many women, whether they had a vaginal birth or a C-section, the damage often comes after the fact uh, because we jump back in to all of these crazy activities too soon. So I always talk about how it's crazy that our doctors and midwives are clearing us for activity at six weeks postpartum, right? Your body has just gone through a crazy major physical change, a very, very huge event in birth. And then to say at six weeks postpartum, okay, you're good. Go ahead and go do CrossFit or go ahead and go do, you know, that, that really powerful yoga class that you're used to doing. The 
the reality of the body is that pregnancy creates so many muscular changes that that your body at six weeks postpartum isn't really able to handle those demands. And so often people start doing too much too soon and it prevents those abdominal muscles from coming back together and creates kind of ongoing strain there. So whether so is there they, an ideal time to hop back into it? Well, yes. So I think I always um, say that the first four months are just a critical period where you want to be really mindful of what you're doing. And you want to make sure that all of the activities you're doing are serving to bring your abdominals back together, that you're really mindful of the way you're using your body during those four months as much as you can while you have a newborn, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Realistically. But you don't want to be doing things that are really high demand, high intensity in those four months because the body just isn't ready to handle it. Once you get to that four-month period, then some of the hormones have regulated. Your body is... for some stronger, but if you are someone who's doing like extended breastfeeding, often your ligaments remain really lax because of hormones uh, until you kind of drop down to two to three nursing periods a day. So some of us, we need to be mindful of what we're doing for, you know, the first year postpartum. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean you can't do anything. You just want to make sure you're not doing things that are kind of pulling those muscles apart or taking you into like really deep twists where you're kind of shearing the muscles in opposite directions. So there's lots that you can do. There's just certain things you want to stay away from as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you had your daughter, you had like a personal story really with this and what made you decide, okay, I should start a business around this and help other women. Well, it's funny. First it started as just a, this should just be moms need yoga, right? I was back at work and I was struggling to make time for my own yoga practice. So BRB first started as just quick online yoga videos for new moms uh, or for BRB meaning be right back. Be right back. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Yeah. So that's how it started. And it's funny when I first was creating those videos, I was like, I wonder if this should really all be specifically for kind of helping moms recover postpartum or for all be diastasis safe yoga. Because what I was finding was that there were very few resources on how to adapt a yoga practice for a postpartum body. There just wasn't a lot out there. Um, but when I first started BRB, I was like, no, that's too niche. It's too specific. I can't go that specific. It would never work. So I did this very general membership site and, um, it was too general. Basically, like I was having trouble picturing the woman who it was for, like, does she need relaxing yoga? Does she need more energizing yoga? Uh, And so I was having trouble marketing it and communicating about it. And then I started kind of throwing information out there about diastasis, especially as I was learning more, because I really started diving into um, more advanced trainings about this topic. I became a postpartum corrective exercise specialist, and I, you know, started studying alignment and, and pregnancy and all of those things. So as I started learning more, I started putting more information out there and people were just resonating. It would get the most engagement in Facebook. It would get people like thanking me for posting information about it. And so that's when I was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe that, that first idea really was the way to go. And so I created a, a beta course that was uh, has now become my signature program, which is Heal Your Core with Yoga. And it was 
really in, in my business, that was the first time where it was like, I'm putting something out there and it was easy to sell it. People were signing up right away. It was so clear that there was a demand for it and that that niche was something that needed to, that, that I had to create something for that niche. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I'm such a huge fan really of nice. niche. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you're in the moment, like I, even me, I preach it all the time, but even find myself being too broad. I'm like, gosh, come on, Katie. <laughs> well, I know it's really challenging. I mean, especially at the beginning, because you just don't believe, I think what I know now is just the expansiveness of the internet and really how many people are out there. And I think when you're first starting out and you have no audience and you're trying to put stuff out there, you're like, there's no way I'm going to find those people. But the reality is the only way they're going to find you is if you are talking specifically to them. True. Um, That's so good. Well, what was like one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in your business? Oh, that's a good question. Um, So, I will say, I mean, I think that that first year was very challenging because I was trying to do everything. So I went from that membership site and then I said, okay, well, you know, I was still getting feedback from people like even 20 minutes a day is too much for me as a new mom. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe they need something like even a step back. So maybe they just need a self-care program to figure out how to do time for themselves. And, um, and I think that, I was, it's like looking back, right? In retrospect, it's always easier to look back, but I can see now that I was just trying to create something that would work. Uh, And when you're just trying to create something that you can sell, it it doesn't land well ever. And it was only that when I started one niching down, right? Getting really specific so I could speak to specific women. But also the beauty of that niche was that it really relied on my zone of genius. Like I have always loved talking about alignment and taking really complex alignment and anatomy and making it very simple for people. And I wasn't doing any of that in the first iterations. And so I think coming trying these other things where I wasn't, it it wasn't the right stuff for me to be talking about. And it wasn't the right stuff really for my audience was very challenging to keep going because I did a webinar where I had like three people show up. The only one that stayed on to the end was my husband and, and all of those failures, right. It's such a good man. And then this membership site where I was making like $60 a month from it because I just had a couple people on it and, and then just to keep going. Um, I mean, looking back, it's amazing that I kept going because it is so easy. I was working a full-time job. I could have just quit at any Mm -hmm. time. And The key for me, I think, in my family is that my husband and I were really clear about what our vision was before we ever started the business. Like we set five-year vision of what we want our life to look like and the money we want to be making and all of that. And had we not had that bigger vision to be working from, and had I probably not had him also being like, you just got to keep going, I think I would have quit. 
because it's yeah. so easy to take all of those failures personally, you know? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So five years, I mean, are you pretty, yeah, because you had your daughter and she's now five. So what would you say that vision has kind of come to fruition? That you guys have? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting because, so I think we, we set that visit vision when she was probably, she was probably closer to one. So we were about, you know, like, yeah, we've got a few more months left to it. And in general, we're pretty close to it because the vision was, you know, what are we doing financially? What are we making financially? And also what does our life look like? And our life looked like we want to step out our door and see mountains. And, um, and we completely do that now in terms of the financial piece. It is, we set a really ambitious goal and we're not there yet, but by the end of the year, it's, it's very much possible. And I see that like just the exponential growth of the income and, as I, I really, you know, I have had this one pro- product, Heal Your Core with Yoga, for like almost two years now. And now is, I really work to perfect that and get all the marketing right for that. And now I'm about to launch another program that's hip focused and a membership site. And so now it's like all that work where it was just one stream of revenue. And when I, at that point said, will we ever reach that? The answer was probably no, but now it's like, Oh, this snowball that rolls down the hill and just grows Mm -hmm. and grows and grows. We could totally reach that goal by the end of the year. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. There's so many, I mean, vision casting, um, clarity and focus like you're doing. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of people out there and myself included where I've fallen into the trap of trying to launch way too many things at one time, but I love how you've gotten so clear and focused on your one program where you, yeah. when you do launch more, it's like, okay, you got that one figured out. Let's just add on some more awesome things. Yeah. Well, it's so, it is, it's interesting because in many ways I feel like, oh, I'm losing people, right? Because I'm so specific. Like really that course is for women who have diastasis recti. And so there's a lot of people who, you know, find me through podcasts and stuff and, and that program isn't for them. And in many ways I've been like, oh, I'm losing them. But yes, now it's like, it took that time and that focus to, to f- one, learn about those people and serve them well. But at the same time, I was building up my email list. And there's a lot of people on my email list who still resonate with the content that I produce that aren't necessarily good for that program. But now all of these other things, those might be the right people. So yeah, it, it, I think it's that long term, we're playing the long game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to hear some practical tips and tricks that you can give to us mamas that are doing what you're doing, running businesses or trying to start one uh, while raising kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So m- the, the best tip that I have is get up before your children. If you can, if you can do anything in your day, it is get up before your children. Because even if you get 10 minutes, 15 minutes where you can set the tone for your day, you know, do whatever you need to do to ground yourself. I really like to meditate, do a little bit of yoga personally, um, but just get quiet Mm -hmm. and then plan. So sometimes I'll do this in the morning, but sometimes I do it at night where I plan what are the top three to five things that I need to accomplish that day to move forward. And so having that time in the morning, one, it makes me a better mom because I've had some time to myself. Um, But then it also 
So if I get enough time, it allows me to start making progress on some of those. And the same thing, once I've ticked off one thing, well, then I can usually get the other four done, you know, later in the day. But that time is, is crucial. I love that. That's so cool. Well, um, as we kind of transition into like the final last few questions, that that was kind of one of the last four. Um, I'll just, yeah, anyway, we'll just go there. <laughs> just rambling. We could, we could seriously talk for hours, I'm sure. Like this whole Absolutely. RV thing, I, I need more of that. I need, and my mom's listening to this, I'm sure, because she's like, Monday morning, she's always the first one, I'm sure. But she's probably sitting there going, um, don't you get your butt on an RV? Please don't get don't any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I totally. know she's thinking that. Um, but yeah, so we could talk forever, but let's just hop into it. So if you could do this all over again, motherhood or business or both, whatever you want to do, what would you tell yourself or start with? Mm, I wish I had started earlier. So I would tell myself to start the business before I had my child because I think about, oh my gosh, all the time I had, all the time I wasted. Uh, that but the I epiphany have, wouldn't have been there. You had no personal experience yet. Exactly. It wouldn't have been there, but I could have started with something because those first few years are just such stumbling and learning and all of that. And if I had started that, um, yeah, I, I think, think that's the thing. all the time over that. Like all these, like I used to quilt in my free time before oh my kids. <laughs> Like, what the heck? I know. I could have been building my empire, right? But I think that's it. Just it. Just I today I am so grateful for the opportunities that that I have that I can every day create things that seem so exciting to me. And I fill my days with work that is really meaningful. And I get lots of time to like be with my kids and teach my kids. Um yeah, I just would have liked to have started earlier because why wait? Why wait until you have kids to start building, creating things when you could be doing it at any point? Yeah. What was that first thing that made you realize this whole online world of business? Do you have any oh, remember? Yeah, I don't really remember. I don't. Uh, I don't really remember how it yeah. became. I think it was just you know we wanted something with freedom, and so then it was like, well, I'll, that like yeah. if we want to be location independent then it has to be online but I'm so glad that it that we found it yeah that's awesome well what is one of your favorite apps systems or softwares that you recommend right now Mm, I love the headspace app so for people who aren't into meditating or haven't don't have a lot of experience with meditation it's a simple really straightforward really approachable meditation app and it just ensures that you get your 10 minutes of quiet with yourself every day. Yeah, that's awesome. What is the best book you've read and what are you looking forward to reading soon? Mm, Okay, so this is very woo-woo and very related to my topic, but I'm reading this book right now and it's changing my life. So it's called The Wild Feminine and it is about um, the power that we women hold in our pelvic in our pelvis, basically. That is very woo-woo. It's so <laughs> woo-woo. I know. I'm becoming more woo-woo by the day, I think. But it, it's so fascinating because it's really talking about how so many of us women are disconnected. It's, you know, in yoga, that's your root. It's your root chakra. And we're so disconnected from it. But really, that is, for so many of us, the source of our creativity and our power. And so it actually encourages women to, like, do self-massage and, uh, you know, <laughs> very woo-woo again. But also just visualizing and connecting connecting your mental, like connecting your brain to the energy in your pelvis. And I mean, I do it and I feel, I feel energy flowing throughout me. And I do find that I feel like I can speak my truth a little bit clearer when I do it. So very woo woo, but changing my life. (laughs) 
I like it. I like it. <laughs> and what are you looking forward to reading next? After that? Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I have, I'm in this personal transformation, um, coaching program right now. And this is, it's also very woo woo. So the book is, it's, called The Complete Works of Florence Scovel Shin. And it's an old book, but it really talks about, it's so much about like manifestation and the power of the universe and how we can create abundance in our life through our mindset. So that's on my Kindle for next. And I'm super excited to dive into it. And that's like all five of her books, right? Yeah. Have you read it? Um, I've read half of it. It's, it's actually was recommended by, I can't remember who, but it has a lot of biblically based things. And so I've been very into, um, just reading a lot of what the Bible says about manifesting and, and how just our identity in Christ and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've read about two of the five, I think, of hers. Yeah. No, that's what, it's so interesting. I mean, just, you know, looking at it, I just looked at a couple pages and it really is like the Old and New Testament basically are basically your guide to Mm -hmm. manifestation, which I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Never would have thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. Well, I love this journey you're on, both emotionally, physically, like in your different places that you're living, like all of the things you were... You're pretty cool. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, like I said, we could like chat and text and be text buddies forever, I'm sure. But totally. Gosh, do you have anything else to tell our, our audience? Uh, I just really encourage your audience to really take the leap to create whatever it is that they want in their life, right? Whether that's a business that gives them what they want or just taking big steps in their life. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be moving into an RV, but really I want more women and more moms to be saying yes to all of the crazy adventure that life has to offer. So do something today where you say yes to something big. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Catherine is so much fun. She is the type of friend that you would be texting with all day, I'm quite sure, if you got to speak with her in person as well. Now, hey, wanted to make sure you knew about something that I'm doing. I would love for you to leave us a review on the show. All you have to do if you're on iTunes is scroll down and type your review. Um, Basically, all you've got to do is type a little bit of a review, rate it with the stars, five would be awesome, and screenshot your review and send it to me on Instagram. I'll be doing a giveaway of a special mug for the podcast that will be going to one of you ladies who leaves a review. We will definitely be featuring reviews on other shows in the future. So thank you so much for supporting us and I'll talk to you girls later.